0: The fact that we're open, most people would think it brings us away from each other, mm-hmm. but it actually brings us closer together because we get to share every moment with our partner. I just never have to wonder mm-hmm. if you're doing anything behind my back. I just always know that I'm gonna get the truth from you. You authentically, and I've gotten over insecurities because this does test you. Mm-hmm. I mean it's not easy what we do.
1: This is a soul fire production. I thought it was about time that you guys met my partner in this wildly alternative and beautiful relationship. He is incredibly smart and caring and wants to make the world a better place. And I'm the luckiest because he makes sure that I spend my days laughing and enjoying life. So I hope you enjoy this episode with my husband, Pasha. All right. So I think we give the people what they want.
0: Let's give the people what they want. They
1: want to hear about the troubles.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they they want to hear.
1: The people want to know.
0: They should know. They get to know. And we'll get in there. But I do have some questions for you. Because I'm taking this opportunity to be like, oh, I've always wanted to kind of know this. And so,
1: Wait, there are things you don't know about me? Well,
0: I think I know, but I, like, I, I don't think I ever asked your perspective on certain things. About some of the questions I got lined up for you.
1: Mm, Okay. Okay. Fire away. All right. Oh, you came
0: prepared. Oh, I came prepared. I'm always prepared.
1: (laughs) (laughs) None of my other guests have had sheets of paper. They haven't? Mm -mm.
0: What kind of guests are you getting? (laughs) Okay. If you could answer in your own way, what what does it do for our relationship being open or polyamorous or however you want to label? What do you think it does for us?
1: Um, well, it does a lot of things. I, how do you not know the answer to this? I, I mean, I,
0: this. I do, but I want to know your perspective on it.
1: So I think that, I mean, foundationally it's brought us so much closer together. I think that um, in at least in my previous experience in monogamous relationships, over time, you two grow apart. I think when you have to sort of hide a part of yourself because you think it's going to upset your partner or it's not really the like right thing in society, like being attracted to another person, for example, Mm -hmm. um, which I think many, many people like, I would beg the majority of our society is attracted to other people. Um, Even if they never act on it and even if they would never intend to, it's just like you're going to see something and it's pleasing to the eye. And well, in many relationships, it's either seen as inappropriate or not okay, or you're going to hurt your partner if you share that. And people are like, well, just don't share it. Think in your mind. But in my opinion, over time, and I plan on being with you for the next... I don't know, a hundred years. Like if you just continually have to hide such an inherent part of your biology as like being aroused by looking at another person, then over time, that is going to drive a wedge in in at least my relationship. And so I think that being able to tell you everything, and that's just like one example. Right. you know there's so many other things about um what scares me, like what, you know, I'm attracted to what I desire, um, the parts of me that I don't love about myself or like what came up in our therapy session the other day with Gia, like Mm -hmm. really trusting that you could love me like that way and are not trying to like hurt me with your words is like still a part of me that I feel like being open for us because we tell each other everything and, you know, not having to deal with having sex with other people. It's just like always been such, um, a place to express anything without judgment just has brought us so much closer together. And I feel like the freest that I've ever been. So for me personally, it's also given me like the freedom to be who I am, like regardless of sex, you know, just like express myself in different ways. Like I've had partners that are so different from you, right? Like artists and, you
0: know, like (laughs) woo woo
1: people, Uh creatives that I can actually have that like need filled for myself. And it's okay that I recognize it as like a need and to have you be comfortable with me, like getting that from someone else, as opposed to like never getting that again in an intimate way, um, has allowed me to grow as a person. And so, which I think then adds to our relationship because we're always getting to meet each other as new Mm -hmm. and not stay the same
0: well i love your answer i think you hit it on the head the contradiction of like the fact that we're open most people would think it brings us away from each other Mm -hmm. but it actually brings us closer together because we get to share every moment with our partner Mm -hmm. and the person we're most in love with which is really cool
1: yeah wait how would you answer this question what do you think
0: same (laughs) (laughs) same z's no you can't (laughs) steal my answer this is an interview for you though
1: I know, but this is also a conversation.
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, honestly, so the way I've described it to others is that because we have such a bedrock of foundational trust that I just never have to wonder Mm. if you're doing anything behind my back or, you know, I just always know that I'm going to get the truth from you. I'm going to get you authentically and that we can talk about anything. So, like, a lot of this worry or these insecurities that I used to have with other relationships, I don't have because... I can just easily from a confident place say, yeah, I trust you wholeheartedly Mm -hmm. and I'll know everything, even if it is taboo or like other partners or whatever. So to have that foundation and trust, which is really important for me, because obviously, you know, I have my issues of abandonment and whatnot. So for me, that's really important. Mm -hmm. So just like feeling whole, I guess.
1: Yeah. I was going to say too, the other thing. Um... And I talked about this in an episode recently. Are you playing footsie with me? I am me? playing footsie with are you. Are you playing footsie yeah, with you're, you're, under the you're really hot. No one I can't can help see it. this, but <laughs> I'm barefoot. So um feels kind of nice. My yeah. feet are cold. <laughs> um, one of the things that I think also, I mean, being open requires you to grow so much. And like, you know, I've said this before, we're both personal development junkies. So it's inspired us to look at parts of ourselves that are uncomfortable and are triggered. one another. And then the cool thing is it's added so much personal growth because it's not only like in our relationship that we're working on it, but it's like, oh, maybe I would have never had that trigger or that would have never come up had we not been in this style of relationship. Mm -hmm. Like things could very well stay stagnant, you know, and I'm not saying this is like, you know, being very broad. I think there are a lot of couples who are monogamous who are like inspired and grow and like want to do shadow work and they find it in other ways. Um, But this has been such a great vehicle for us. I think it's like the best way for us to do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I've learned and grown so much. and I've gotten over insecurities because this does test you. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not easy what we do. Yeah. Right. So we're
1: going to talk about some of the tests.
0: We are. We are. I actually wanted to ask this question because I think it'd be fun. Uh, What would you miss the most? If we were closed permanently from this day on, <gasps> moving forward. Oh my God. It
1: feels like so limiting to even consider that. Mm-hmm. Um, what would I miss the most? Um,
0: I got her stumped.
1: I am stumped. I'm saying th- would, I would miss a lot of things. Um, I would definitely miss sort of the freedom that I have and like the independence, um, which. It's funny, even if we closed our relationship sexually, I'd still have so much like you know autonomy and like we we live very separate lives. we have very different interests, and we never really try to um keep each other tethered in those ways. but I think just the I mean, I would miss women for sure because uh-huh. like you know, I'm very fulfilled by you sexually, obviously, and that's not something that I would absolutely be like, oh, I have to have this. But, you know, you can't provide like a very feminine, nurturing experience the way that I can have with another woman that's really Mm -hmm. beautiful. Um, But I think more than anything, for me, it's like the freedom piece. Like I have to feel like I can do like what I want, you know, whether it's just like sexually or intimately, or even just flirting, like Mm -hmm. the idea that I wouldn't be able to just like strike up a conversation with a stranger and like, and, and play with that level of like flirtatiousness for me feels like so stifling. Right. It's not even about like the act. It's like just the idea that I can. Um, And it's funny, I think for me, it's because I never did that even when I was single. When I was young, I was very much like, you know, in monogamous relationships. And then when I was single, it's not like I was like, um, entertaining myself with like my own flirtatiousness or banter. And I didn't have like confidence in myself, like as a woman. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't like enjoying, I think that part of my life until I was with you until we were open. And I was like, Oh this is fun, like dating and meeting new people. I mean, when I was younger in my 20s, it was just like, you know, we were like going to nightclubs and just like, you know, you would like make out with some. was just so weird Wait, to what? think about it. And no, just I'm like kidding. you make out with like random guys <laughs> <laughs> at like a bar without even knowing them. I maybe mean, maybe I would still do that, but not really. Um, I don't know. I think, yeah, it's that element of of being able to do no. these things.
0: Got it. Okay. I got it. What would you think I would miss the most without me answering it?
1: I oh wow, for you it's like yeah. the same thing actually cuz I know how important it is to you also just to like not have any it's funny we're very similar. Am I right? Am I
0: This is Yeah, you're you're on the right track, but yeah, keep going. <laughs>
1: so you you love having like the option even though like you never really act on it we've been acting on it a little bit more now in the last like you know year
0: right
1: um but surprise pasha also does not like to be told he can't do something <laughs> we're both very much,
0: like,
1: <laughs> resistant to rules and authority and yeah. um kind of like putting the lid on i think who we are as people and mm-hmm. just like makes me actually like makes my throat feel like it's closing but to even think about
0: but this brings up a really good point and a question I had also is that like reflecting back on past relationships, we were that way, mm-hmm. right? And we we dealt with it. And I'm not saying this as in...
1: And we opposed it upon our partners.
0: Yeah, like we obviously. opposed it. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. You
1: kind of played with being open in one of your relationships. I, I never did.
0: I always knew that I had that side to me that I was okay with exploring, mm-hmm. but I was definitely very insecure. So yes, I was like willing to, but I also would subconsciously be like, hell no. Mm-hmm. And just because I was so insecure, I didn't know myself at that time. But back to you, my love.
1: Wait, but what is your answer?
0: That would be my answer. I just I just like... I feel like my whole life, if, if you, I had to become who I became now, and I really like who I am. Outgoing, fun. And I wasn't always that way. I was like the short, really fat, chubby kid in high school... And like, I never got really any like looks or anything like that. So I had to build myself up. I had to read books, how to get girls and like, but just, yeah, it's kind of, you know, it is what it is. We but,
1: should, we're going to include a picture of Pasha from his senior <laughs> high school in the show notes of this. Yeah. Actually, it's really, really adorable. adorable.
0: right? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty adorable. Yeah. I got a lot of, oh, you're so cute kind of things. Okay. But I don't want to turn off that side of me because I like this who I am because I do not really enjoy who I was then. I w- know I wasn't living life to the fullest. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's really being, having the freedom, even though I don't act on it as much as I think everyone thinks we're in an open relationship. We're just, it's like everywhere. And it's mm-hmm. like not the case. Just having freedom is really important to me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> chubby Pasha.
0: <laughs> She's giving me the adorable Chubby Pasha look. Um, <laughs> but to the question though, is like, you have been in relationships in the past. Did you ever feel these kind of feelings that you wanted to be open, that you wanted to explore? And then how, if you did, how did you deal with that? Because it doesn't seem like you brought it up in your conversations. You don't mm-hmm. feel safe. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a loaded con- like question, but. Well,
1: I've, I've not shared this with hardly anybody, actually. I think you might be the only person who knows it. And maybe like Nicole and Lisa, I feel like might know this, but. I was so emotionally and, and sexually starved in my previous relationship right before you. Um, I mean, for so many different reasons, it was like a very bad, bad relationship. And, you know, he was like leading a double life, but we never had sex. And I would like try every now and then to kind of like be adventurous, only to be sort of rejected. Um, and at the end I cheated like i didn't I didn't sleep with somebody else, but I remember you know I was like living in Vegas at the time, and I felt so guilty about it, but I was also kind of detached from it, and like I hardly did anything but like I made out with this guy um like one day at like a day party, and he ended up like feeling me up and stuff, and I was just Ooh. like, this is what this feels like to be desired again It had literally been I was with um the guy for like three and a half years, and yeah you know for almost like 3 years of that he was like either depressed or just like not doing well in life or had like a lot of stressors in his life um like family illness and things like that so we just never did anything and i i would never bring up i never thought like oh i want to be open i mean for me coming from a you know this culture a monogamous background monogamy is the only thing that you see reflected at you in society and our culture like it was either like stay here or you find yourself in a cheating situation, mm-hmm. which is funny. And I want to just say the obvious thing to do would be to break up. But <laughs> I was 26 and didn't have the the self-worth and like the, the knowledge and who I am that I have now. I was very much like, oh, this is comfortable. And he has a really great family. And like, I love his mom. And like, he'll he's going to go to therapy and like, he'll get better and it'll be fine. And I was just like, so I had the blinders on that. I think that this idea that we're sold by society, that like, that's what you work towards that. I thought I was going to marry this person. I like Mm -hmm. bought a house with the guy. Um, So like the (laughs) breaking up was like never even an option, which is, you know, that came up in my mind. In fact, there was a time I'm like way going on a tangent, but
0: no, keep going. This is There was,
1: I like kind of caught him in a lie and thought that he was cheating on me. And he like spun it because I actually caught something early on of like the whole situation of the whole like double life. And he spun it in a way where he was like, oh, I am actually just like, I was like finding that for a friend, like for a bachelor party. And I was like, Oh, and I like believed this, but I was like, well, why wouldn't you just tell me? Like, why do you have to lie? And I like packed up my stuff and I was gonna go stay with Lisa probably. And he like talked me into staying, but like, so I maybe almost got mad and like went to stay with a friend. But the idea of like breaking up with someone was just even foreign to me. Like, I got broken up with, I would never like end a relationship. Right. That's like what little confidence I had in the- myself as a woman. Isn't that? It's crazy Mind to think, I'm, I'm
0: looking at you right now, I'm like, that's so crazy and so far removed from who you are.
1: It's like only 10 years ago, too.
0: Well, a lot can change in 10 years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, a lot has changed since we met. Mm-hmm. A lot. Yeah? hmm Yeah. Um, okay, so just to go back into that, let's say you were in that relationship and you were going for about 10 years. Not. I, I think that's one of those extreme examples, but other relationships that I guess I'm looking for is, you know, what kind of advice would you give to yourself if you were in a relationship and you're having these kind of thoughts? Because I, I feel like the fact that we're open, mm-hmm. we do have a lot of people who are, you know, toy around with the idea, but they don't know what's right, what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And and we don't ever, at least I, I don't think we do, preach being poly or open that it's the best way. No,
1: it's not for everyone. Yeah,
0: it's, it's really not. But I think there's a lot of lessons in our relationship and our lifestyle. Well, like what kind of advice if you have somebody that's like, Oh, I've been thinking about this, but I don't know if it's right, I don't know if it's wrong. How like mm. should it get brought up? Should it not? And I'm sorry, I'm now I'm gonna go on tangent because I do have friends that when they hear that I'm open, they're like, you know, we've been married, me, him and, and their couple or his wife been married for 10 years and it got broached to them, and they both have been ready for something like this for so long.
1: But never brought it up But to never each brought other. it up to
0: each other. And right? now they're
1: talking about And it. now they're
0: talking about it. Now they're dipping their toe in and now they're like, call, like oh. calling for advice and asking for advice.
1: Good for you guys. Yeah.
0: And which is, it's just a really fun place to be, I guess. So what would your yeah. advice to be in relationships like that?
1: I think it's like start the conversation with something that's, you know, not super threatening and just like very genuine to you. Like for me, always having been attracted to women, we obviously like we, it, our threesome like fell into our lap and it wasn't, you know, something that we were really like planned about or even talked about before. Um, so had that not happened, I think looking back, I would have been like, tell them you kind of think women are hot, you know, like just maybe be like, oh, like the girl's really nice boobs. Right. I to put my face in them. Um, no, I think just like, you know, if you're in bed, right, with your partner, like we are, there's like dirty talk, Mm -hmm. like, and sometimes, yeah, I mean, talk dirty to your partner, please. Sometimes (laughs) you even say things that turn you on in the moment that you would never do that, like, don't turn you on in real life. Like, you know, we've like shared silly fantasies that then we're like, wait, but I actually don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like in the moment, it felt really cool to say. But I think that that's probably if that feels like a safe space to bring up like, I would, the idea of seeing you have sex with somebody else is kind of a turn on to me. Mm. Right. Or when you're not in the bedroom and maybe over breakfast feels like the place where you connect with your partner the most, where you could have that or say, I saw this really interesting podcast called openly. And they were talking about, (laughs) you know, the idea that their partner had like even a hall pass and just kind of saying, I'm not saying that this is something that I want, but the idea entices me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, even just like, I mean, I'm like, I think pornography is like, in some ways, a beautiful thing. And in some ways can be like a very hurtful thing when it's like abused. And I mean, it's such like a lot to unpack in that, in that industry. But I mean, even just people who start there, start watching, like, that stuff with your partner and see what to turn on because a lot of it out there is like so beautifully done and then can lend to other fantasies. Like, you like watching those people sex. What about watching people have sex in real life live <laughs> at a party that's happening on Saturday right. night? And just, I don't know, I, it's just communication. It comes down to saying, like, these yeah, are things absolutely. I think about in my head. Everybody is thinking about things in their head that I they don't
0: tell 100%. each other.
1: And if you can't tell the person that you're going to be with till you're 130, because we're going to live forever. We are going to live forever. Then like then what's it's almost like you're like you're denying these parts of yourself, you're mm-hmm. hiding these parts of yourself and over time that chips away at who you are and you start to feel like, you know, like I did closeted for a very long time. So do you want to be able to just like live your life? Cuz I guarantee you when you're on your deathbed, you're probably going to be like, "Oh, I wish I had expressed myself." Yeah. Not like, "I wish I would have buttoned up a little bit more."
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I would say that our relationship is so it, it is absolutely great. It's wonderful. Our communication is amazing. Is it? Yeah, is it? <laughs> you just hear a smile. But there has been times that it hasn't been easy, Mm-mm. like at all. Sometimes it's been really hard. Do you want to talk about some of those hard times?
1: Sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Please take proceed. the lid
1: off the box. <laughs> yeah, why
0: not? We're here, aren't we?
1: Well, oh, you want me to just talk about the just hard times? There's the hard no times. question prompt for this. What
0: comes into your mind first?
1: Um, well, there, the first thing that comes to my mind is when you were having like a really hard time, uh, once. And I mean, there's, we've had a hard times in our relationship, not because of mm-hmm. non-monogamy or because of polyamory, but there was one time where you felt really triggered and you felt like you weren't like, you could be losing me almost, which is so bananas to think about, but also. We weren't connected, right, you know at the time I was traveling a ton, you were traveling a ton. this was like pre pandemic, and um you know, there were a lot of unresolved i think feelings too, because we just weren't in constant communication, yeah like we are, and so I mean, I can't speak to like what you were experiencing, but I felt so wounded and so guilty, I think, for having like such a beautiful experience mm-hmm. um while finding out that you had felt like alone and at home or like on, cause you were traveling too. So like on your travels that you felt like unseen and that your abandonment issues were coming up. And I had no idea. It was literally like, everything was fine, fine, fine. And then it was like, I was like, I was sitting in the airport when you like told me all this stuff. And it ended up being like a very big blow up, like a fight. And we were like, on other sides of the world. And I was like, Oh my God, is this really, how, how did I not see the signs? Yeah. And it, it, I mean, it really just was because you didn't speak up. <laughs> Thanks for turning
0: this around while it was, happening, we're obviously married. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, that's true.
1: That's like the biggest one that comes to mind. It just like went way off the rails without, I mean, coming back. I mean, you know, we obviously brought it back, but mm-hmm. Do you want to speak about your experience?
0: I mean, I I will say that it's because that I don't have the communication, even though we preach communication, 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 there was a part of me as like the quote unquote man that I shouldn't be feeling these certain things because I chose this open relationship lifestyle. And so yeah, to give it a little bit more context and color, you know, Jessica's on the other side of the world. I'm, I'm here in the States and you know she's doing her thing which i completely support but during that time she did have someone she was really connecting with which i actually wholeheartedly supported and still like support but you know i started getting in my own insecurities and my own abandonment issues and i didn't communicate that to jessica and what that ended up happening it just kept being a compound effect of me building up this thing in in my mind so much that like she's leaving me which just sparked all of my abandonment issues from childhood, right? And so it just festered up into this thing that it it shouldn't have been. But I am glad that it happened because I'm very grateful for everything that's ever happened in our relationship because it got me to really understand that communication is important. I can't hold things in because that just builds resentment and to really grow outside of my insecurities. And then kind of like what you were saying earlier in the the podcast of uh, to trust love, Mm. to really trust that Jessica is not going to leave me. That was a really important lesson from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's interesting to hear you talk about it too, because I think what you just helped me understand is when you said like, I'm supposed to be the man. And you know, like I said, I wanted this like lifestyle, which I think gets a lot of people into trouble with this. And you're like, Mm. well, I I said, I want to be open. So like, I shouldn't have any trouble with it. And then They deny any kind of like negative or like low vibrational emotions that are coming up like jealousy or fear because they're like, no, I said I want this. But it's like, it's so great to work with all of it because when you do kind of pull at those threads, you like learn so much about yourself. You become like better and more whole, like on your own. And then your relationship obviously gets better. Um, But I think that's definitely something for, for men more to, and this is also kind of a theme. I feel like we've been talking about a lot on the show is like allowing men to be vulnerable and for them to say, like, I am having these feelings and women talk about this stuff. Like we girls talk about jealousy. I feel like girls actually ask me so much more. And like clients that I've had, like, how do you deal with jealousy? Like I never hear that from guys. And I talk to guys about this Mm -hmm. topic all the time. Um, and just, yeah, to know that for you, it was a compounding thing because I kind of like, I know you so well that I can like hear in your mind, you were like, not supposed to feel this way. And you were like encouraging me, which was like the funny part. Right. Like well, it's true. I was like in Bali, I think. And he's like, no, you should totally like go do this thing that you want to do. And I was like, okay, are you sure? You know, cause there were like some considerations that I had and you were like hundred percent. I'm like, great. He's cool with it. So that was like the last conversation mm-hmm. we had. And then like, A week later, you were like (laughs) (laughs) you were like, I don't know who you are anymore. And like obviously we weren't talking a lot because it was like way different, you know, the other side of the world and like just time zones were like hard to like get on the phone. And I was like, Oh, we went from there to here. Great. Uh, I'm on my way home. It
0: was a few weeks later, not just one week later, but (laughs) but yeah, it did it did build up into something that it wasn't supposed to be. But it's always about reconnecting and recommunicating. And that's an important lesson always come back to Mm -hmm. even today like always yeah Mm -hmm.
1: and we've closed our relationship on Mm -hmm. several occasions um you know i think because of these reasons too we're we've been open for the majority of our relationship but there have maybe been like a total of i would say in the last seven maybe like i don't know six months out of the seven that we've been like a month or two here a month or two there until like we feel like we're back on track. And I mean, sometimes it literally lasts like a week. Yeah. And
0: then, you know, we're open, but we don't really, we just stay with each other mostly times. Mm -hmm. Um, So actually, so you brought up something that like sparked something that it's funny because when you and your girlfriends talk about this, generally, when I talk about this with my guy friends, Mm -hmm. it's usually like, wait, you're in an open relationship. Wait, does that mean you can? Yes. That means I can go and have other women. Wait. Does that mean she can have other men? Yes. That means she can have other men. And I you, like how
1: you say have. Whatever. Like, like you're having like a sandwich. <laughs> I would say like the with, <laughs> but it's just a, cute. It's just funny. I don't know. It's like, oh.
0: <laughs> I mean, yes, so. Um, so, like the, the natural expression for them are like, oh, okay, or cool, right? And it's always this kind of like, I don't know how the hell he deals with that.
1: Mm. Do they it, say that?
0: No, but you could tell that they're mm-hmm. always thinking it. See,
1: see the the women will just say that. They'll right. be like, I could never do that. I don't know how you do that. Like, I think because we women are much more relational, I think, mm-hmm. in our like relationships and like the way that we are and the way that we communicate. So my thing is always like, even in in like my DMs, people are like, now that I've, you know, I was doing the open late on Sundays on Instagram. That's like the number one thing. People are like, ask me a question. And then they tell me how they could never do that. And right. I'm like, okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Sorry. What was your question in there?
0: there was, was, I guess it wasn't even a question. It was just more of like a, guys are so different mm-hmm. and they get like stunned when they think about my wife. With like another male potentially, mm-hmm. you know, and it, to me, it's just like, well, I have that freedom and that capability too because of our open relationship. So does she? But there's like this huge stigma mm. that you shouldn't. And I'm like, I'm almost like very proud about it. But like, yeah, of course, she gets to, yeah, you know. And I think, of
1: course, there's a stigma, stigma, th- yeah. because we live in a patriarchal society.
0: Yeah, and. That's for sure. And also, I think they also get worried. I think guys are like really insecure and they don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Oh, what if she leaves you? You know, I always get that kind of feeling. And in that sense, what would like, what would you tell those guys to like have them not worry?
1: Wow. That's so much to (laughs) unpack. Um, It's, you know, I mean, look, if you're in an open relationship, it doesn't mean that your wife is not going to leave you. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't. I think that the relationship that we have and not that we're like perfect, but we're doing non-monogamy in like such a way that it always circles back to like what's best for our primary relationship. But I would say that, look, the thing is it's much harder for women to remain Fulfilled and satisfied in long term monogamous relationships than it actually is for men. Um, I talk about this, but like I'm a huge fan of Dr. Wednesday Martin. She wrote a book called Untrue. And um, there's just so much, there's just so much to back up the fact that if women can actually have multiple partners, may they be men or women, it brings you back to a place of newness with your own partner.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The, The
1: way that like we, get turned on by men over time actually subsides if we're with the same partner and we need different things. And it's not just like novelty, which is also amazing. So it's great. We bring like shabari into the bedroom and it's fun and it's new, but we actually need like different chemistry to almost shock the, the chemical like reaction that we're having with one another to then not be familial with each other. Whereas men, you take your clothes off, and you've been in a relationship for 25 years and likely you're going to get hard. (laughs) You are going to stand to attention and you're still going to want to have sex with me. And it doesn't mean that I don't want that with you as well, but the way our bodies actually become aroused is very different than men. And so I think actually being open helps us sustain our connection and Mm -hmm. helps our connection stay like new and fresh because they constantly get to like reset our chemistry. Yeah, absolutely. And it feels so good to have that balance of variety, which is like a basic human need and then consistency and security, which is like most people's number one. And I think a lot of our society lives from a place of a bit more concerned with security because we do live in a lot of like fear-based or like lack mentality where it's like, um, competition me versus her if he looks at her it means he's not looking at me which is not the case but um, people are more concerned with security and that's why all the questions are aren't you afraid they're gonna leave right. it's people aren't asking monogamous couples who've been together for 10 years aren't you afraid that your partner's bored right like why question. are people not asking that question people are asking it in their minds and that's yep. why 70% of people have cheated mm-hmm. you know so I would say that the question itself, is a limited question and it's coming from a place of lack. And so we can answer it in a million different ways all day long, but it's actually like, let's examine why that question is the question that comes up first and why it's like this need to answer this fear-based question Mm -hmm. as opposed to like, Oh, I wonder how that can add to a long-term like connection and could actually sustain it.
0: Yeah. I think you said that beautifully really beautifully.
1: It's my yeah. brain. It's beautiful.
0: It's the most beautiful. <laughs> um, I'm going to pivot a little bit because when I look at you, we're talking about our open relationship. We're talking about on a podcast. It's going to be advertised. It's going to be on the internet
1: forever. Ever,
0: right. We and are so there's outed, a few things I, wanna, so I hope like, that
1: you told everybody. No, there's before. a few things I want to,
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a little bit of a journey here because you know, our kids are going to hear this one day. It's going to be on the internet, you know? So you know, when I look at you, I also think about the woman that I met 10 years ago. Nine, have, years, nine years Nine ago,
1: years almost ago. Almost 10. But yeah.
0: You know, we're don't so in adjust. love. It feels like forever. You know?
1: <laughs> Doesn't it feel like yesterday? Now?
0: And yesterday. You know that, that feeling where you met someone and you just met him forever? All right. But let's talk about it. You go from someone who, you know, like the quintessential good girl. You don't want anyone to know. It's very private. Mm-hmm. You're very secretive about it. And then now you're here. Expressing it on a podcast. What made you, or what's the desire that made you feel like you had to do this?
1: Yeah, I I've shared this before. Um, you know, it started to become the amount of people that I I knew I could help because the people that have been reaching out, you know, we had our first open conversation about this at Burning Man mm-hmm. and the response was so positive. And I think one of the coolest things was from a couple of friends of ours that we really look up to. They're maybe like 15 years older than us. Complete monogamous relationship. They have kids and they came to us, and we're like, oh my God, a couple goals. And they were like, your talk helped us so much, not because they even want to consider being open, but just like the principles and the foundation. And that was the first time where I just got so much great feedback, and people were like, I'm so grateful you did that. And then I started to do like some coaching around it with different clients who came to me. You know, we were coaching at Choice and like, there were, there were many times where being in that room, you know, you have like 60 people in the room that you're, you know, one of the coaches of. And so many people were talking about feeling like a bad person because they were like having thoughts yeah, about another woman, mm-hmm. right. While they were like in a relationship for two years. And like, I remember like one guy in particular, I was like, is in so much pain. And, you know, it was also kind of like a religious background thing that was a theme, but I just saw these people who were like, wow, I'm a bad person and I'm fucked up. There's something wrong with me. I'll never be able to be happy. Mm-hmm. I'll never be able to like, you know, be faithful to a woman. And he had this person that I'm thinking of had been in relationships before and had remained faithful, but would just felt bad for the thoughts in his mind. Right. and I'm thinking, oh my God, like no one's seeing this in society. And there are plenty of amazing people who talk about this like on the internet, but it's also so fringe. So you really have to dig for it to find it. I'm thinking to myself, like, wow, I can actually be like maybe the first thing that hear that feels like, oh my God, like that's how I feel. And you don't think you're an evil person or you don't think you're bad or wrong. And it can like be like the first step to their liberation. Cause that's like truly what it I was seeing people feel like trapped by their own biology, right. inherently, by the things that like make you human, these urges um, were making people have like self-hatred and like discuss. And then, I mean, that's like an extreme example where that was kind of a turning point for me, but to see so many couples also like go about this opening up lightly. Like we have a couple of friends that we know really well. Um, and they've come to me so often for advice about this to like, you know, not step into the landmines. And I was like, if I can help somebody navigate this a little bit more smoothly and not make the, maybe the same mistakes that we did, although we didn't make many because we we're perfect. Um, <laughs> then I want to do that. And then that started to outweigh the amount of like the amount of shame that I had and the amount of like, cause I am a very private person, which mm-hmm. is hard to believe. Cause I do a lot of things very publicly and I like to create events and hold space for like community to come together. But this was a part of my life. I never wanted to share. And like, I also had so much trouble like being even like sexy in, in public places or like in front of certain people, there was like the family side, Jessica. (laughs) And then the, like, you know, who I am when we're like with our friends and comfortable, but yeah, that was the turning point was like, I, you know, for me, I always feel like I have that like sense of like duty to do my part for society. I'm like very concerned with like, how can I help like, how can I do my part to like help the community at scale? That's like where my, I think, um, where my attention always is. And so I saw like, wow, I have this ability to help these people and I'm not doing it by staying silent. So right. that was a turning point.
0: Amazing. Yeah. I'm really proud of you for doing this, by the way. It's really, it's really, it's really awesome. And I think, Thanks, babe. I think, you know, again, I'll, I'll always talk about, we're not preaching like, openness and monogamy is fine if it works for you but also i think you're the one of the best teachers i know how to how to teach or give advice to about just expanding your relationship or at least talking about what you're feeling inside i mean when you're talking about people who are just holding feelings in because it's biology it burns me it hurts me to think of marriages that people cannot be themselves mm-hmm. that's like my number one thing that i would like try to tell people in conversations about my open relationship with you is that it's not about being open. Yes. It's it's fun. And it brings us closer every time that we have an experience or just a communication, but it's about being able to talk with my partner and tell her everything about me because I want to share everything with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I love it so much.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. I love it too. Yeah. Usually we think of something that's interesting. I always say, um, you know, it's, amazing to know everything about someone but also like desire needs mystery which right. is something like Esther Perel teaches so it just made me think of the flip side of that is like of course we share everything cuz that's also like one of our um one of our foundations and like our relationship agreements but it's also so great when you do go off and do your own thing or have an experience because then I see you in a place where I can desire you from afar because I get to like, oh, like, I wonder what he was doing. And it reminds me of like when we first started dating yeah. when we weren't living together. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I wonder what he's doing right now. Like you have that when you have that little bit of distance and you can like have that breathing room, as scary as that might sound to mm-hmm. people, it creates a lot of that like newness energy and that desire with your partner if you are in a long-term Right. Um, Relationship.
0: Actually, this is a great, great, great segue into my next question is what is your favorite thing about me, your husband?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, how does someone choose one?
0: Right? There's just so many, but you know what? Just the first one that comes to mind is fine.
1: It's your eyes.
0: It's my eyes. Yeah. I love that. And your
1: nose and your mouth and Mm. your ears. You have to pick one.
0: You have to pick one.
1: My favorite thing about you. Mm is, well, oh God, Oh my God. I was going to say Look, something you, and you then I'm see like, no, faces there's something right now. else. It's very hard. Um,
0: this is the best question ever.
1: You are the most two things. I mean, obviously how you love me, but no, here's, here's the, here's the <laughs> real answer. Like I had a million things run through my head, but what is sticking out is I think on a, Personal okay, I mean it's gonna be twofold. I'm sorry, I can't. On a personal <laughs> level, like the amount of it's hard, like it's weird. I didn't realize till I was older that I had trouble trusting people. But the amount of like trust that I've been able to place in you for like my heart and soul
0: mm-hmm.
1: is incredible. Um, so I think you're like one of the most trustworthy people I've ever met. You are the most trustworthy person I think I've ever met in my life. I was going to say like, NAC is a vault, you could trust her with all your secrets, but, um, uh, and then as far as like beyond me, it's your generosity. You are like by far, you're funny because you like, like to appear kind of like Scroogey, but (laughs) you are truly the most (laughs) generous human I've ever met. And you, not just in the way that you like to like give things to people and take care of people. That's like, so one dimensional, you would give anything to see people succeed, like on any level. If somebody wants something for themselves, like your generosity of like knowledge and support and like leadership and mentorship and giving people a safe place to land when they need it is just like it's beyond me. It's always like so overwhelming because I like, I feel like the way I give is that way too. And I give with like very little consideration or bounds. And sometimes, like if needed to be real, to
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and like, yeah. I just feel like you're the, the way that you give, it's always inspiring to me. And that's how I know you're like the perfect partner for me mm-hmm. because I'm able to like also then just give wow, whatever is... I want and really nilly <laughs> and.
0: Well, yeah. that was really sweet. I love Yeah. You know?
1: Wait, what's your favorite thing about me?
0: Well, literally everything. Did
1: you prepare an answer for this? No, I don't oh, prepare okay, an answer
0: for it. Um, body part or like thing about you?
1: <laughs> I was going to say, are you going to say my shoulders?
0: You love your shoulders. No. It she has, has the sexiest, be- most beautiful shoulders in the world. I don't know. I'm just obsessed with them. Um, I mean, uh, you showed me like love. You showed me like continuous love. And I think there's been times in our relationship where I've tested that love subconsciously because of my abandonment issues. And you've always just like shown up for me. And the way you are with people, how charismatic you are, you are quite, if anyone like gets to know Jessica and when you meet her, you will just say this woman is all heart and all love. Like there is not one impurity of Jessica because it's all coming from an affectionate, like caring place for everybody. She only thinks about everyone. And then this is why I'm so happy that you're doing this podcast and you're doing your, your spiritual healing work and your and your um, and your uh, weekends with women hmm. because you are love and you're such a guiding force of love. And for me, you're just the most fun. You're super goofy. So this is supposed
1: s- to be one thing. Whatever.
0: I went on a tangent. I'm just in love with you. You know? I'm
1: in love with you, too. I love you, baby. I love you.
0: Um, I do have one question before we have to stop the podcast. Is I do often think about our kids.
1: Mm-hmm. We're going
0: to have kids soon, mm-hmm. right? And we are going to How with, soon? I you mean, know, pretty soon. Um,
1: Like, how soon? Pre- pretty soon relative. Some people are like, oh, that means three months. And then some people no, are like, oh, that means two Well, years. We, we,
0: we have to go through a bigger process than everybody else. It's not like we can just order one in, in the oven, right? <laughs> we have to go and find a surrogate and all that. So yeah
1: or uh, adopt which or could adopt we
0: definitely do want to adopt um
1: so but wait like that's not it so this like is a like, year in a year we're gonna start the process
0: no so, we're probably means... gonna start the process in like six months
1: oh this is news to me i'm glad you're <laughs> I'm glad you're on the podcast. giving me the yeah. apv out on the podcast <laughs> i've been trying to get like a solid answer actually yeah. from him of like you know, because I was the one who was, like, holding back and needed more time. Yeah, I think
0: six months is good. This is, again, another lesson why you should always communicate with you your know partner that's like... what you're thinking about.
1: <laughs> okay, so that's, like, February 2022, I think. No, wait, that's not. Whatever. Yeah, anyway. That
0: sounds about right. Okie dokie. Um, okay, so when, when we do have kids, though, they're, they are going to know that we're open. They are going to know that we're going to have, like potential partners and whatnot. How do we, how do you think you're going to go about teaching our kids sex positive and the emotions around having multiple partners?
1: Mm. Wow. Great question. Um, Great husband. Yeah. Well, this question actually makes me think of something that's so interesting when it's framed for polyamory, because there are so many people who are having multiple partners while they're single like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all the time and they are navigating potentially having feelings for multiple, you know, multiple people. It's just like, we also have this solid container of, you know, a committed connection to one another. Um, I think it's going to be interesting, like obviously brand new for both of us to navigate and I don't want to hide anything from my children. I was previously concerned, like, Oh, would they like, you know, have a hard time in society because people are going to like, you know, probably be hateful with us. Like I've already experienced like people on the internet telling me I'm going to be an awful mother because <laughs> yeah, you know, we're in an open relationship. And I was like, okay, dude. Um, but I think just having those open conversations the way you, I, I don't even know how are we going to talk to our like 13 and 14 year olds about sex. You actually need to tell your kids about sex way earlier than I that. Agree. Um, I was just, talking to your, your, your <laughs> this is so crazy. i was thinking about it. I was just talking to my sister-in-law about like, they want to bring it up to the kids in like first and second grade, just to mm-hmm. like that they're learning about this topic in school and like not on the internet. So I think just getting ahead of the game yep. with sex in general, not because we're open, but to let them know, especially if we're going to have daughters to flip the narrative that like sex is something that you should like pleasure a man in and like knowing for them that it's also for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at whatever age I'm going to feel like that's appropriate as a mom. This question is making me feel very icky. Like how do you talk to your kids about sex? I don't know yet. We don't have them, but I don't <laughs> want to hide our partners. That's for yeah. sure. Um, I know that we're the type of people that we're not going to be bringing multiple partners around our kids. No, like never. people aren't going to meet our children unless they're like a huge part of our lives. And we're like in a committed relationship, maybe with them the same way that you would introduce a new partner if you're like a single parent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just showing them like what we've shown our friends and our community, that this is only born out of a place of love. And just because like, I, you know, love dad doesn't mean I can't also be in love with, you know, this woman who's your aunt, maybe, I don't know <laughs> <Like> how we're, <laughs> we're going to frame that. Um, you know, and it's the same way, like with children, you have a second kid, like we've said this before, you know, it doesn't mean you're going to like love the first kid only 50% now and the second kid, 50%. And then the third kid, they have to split it 33, 33, 33. It's like love continues to expand. And the more you express it and show it, the more you actually have of it because when you love other people, they bring love into your relationship. When Mm -hmm. people feel unconditional love, like an acceptance in your community, that just makes them better people to give and show love. And so if I can like instill that in our kids, imagine the mature and like evolved relationships, then then they're going to have, and maybe they won't be, you know, polyamorous as they grow. Maybe they want monogamy. Because they're like, oh, I don't want to be like my parents, you know? Probably the kid. It's funny. Like, I never wanted to, like, smoke pot because I knew my parents did. And I'm like, gross, my parents are hippies. And now I'm, like, the biggest (laughs) hippie ever. (laughs) (laughs) Going to be, like, gross. Our parents are (laughs)
0: swingers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah.
0: Um, Okay, great answer.
1: I'm glad that we're discussing and creating these, you know, Agreements for when we're going to have kids and how we're going to raise them online. Yeah, the people wanted to know with each other.
0: The, the people wanted to know, and they they put in the questionnaire, and I, you know, let <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, we definitely obviously have to talk about this after.
1: Yeah, I'm stressed, man. <laughs> this the whole topic of raising kids. Like, I'm excited. I feel like I need a yoga class now.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to have kids. I'm excited to teach them lessons. I'm excited to have them ask questions about like, hey, why why do you have other partners? And you know. Or, or like, why are you guys open compared to the my friend's parents and, you know, the other kids at school say this and that. And just to teach them that, hey, there's other ways to live than what other people are thinking. Mm-hmm. And I think that to me is the most important lesson I want to teach my kids around this is that there's no right or wrong. As long as you're a good person and you're doing everything in a responsible way, like be whoever you want to be.
1: Mm, I love that. You're going to be such a good dad. Can't and I'm wait. glad you're excited for these questions. Cause I'll just send the kids straight yeah, to absolutely. you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm start ready.
0: Them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well, can't wait to have kids with you.
0: Yeah. Love you. Love you.
1: Thanks for coming on the yeah, show. no problem. Mm. We'll have to do this again. Obviously, I feel like this was Pandora's box.
0: There's a lot to talk about. Yeah.
1: Mm. Okay. Until next time.
0: Bye, baby. Bye, baby. Love you.
1: You guys. I love that man, and I'm so happy that you finally got to meet my partner on this beautiful journey of designing our own relationship to best fit our needs and fulfill all of our desires. So if you enjoyed it, please let me know on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review and make sure you're following at OpenLate the Podcast on Instagram.